Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, talking Tesla one, two, one. It's one Robert. Yes. One Tom. And Mel and both of his personalities are in the room today. Thank Melvis, you. You have been missed Mostly not by us, no. by Talking Tesla Nation. Yeah. They talk about you yes. on the Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, we really would love Mel and his yes. accent and uh-huh. his inability to say our names yes. during the letter segment. Mm-hmm. Can you please, please, please bring him back? Yep. Well, it turns out that I'm a lovable character. You are? That was me answering the other voice in my head. Oh. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> hey, I'm back for a little while, just for a little bit. Actually, just for a, just for a very short time. Like four minutes? Yeah, because i got to go back to UCLA. So in the scope of this two-hour marathon talk... What are you, what are you guys doing for the show? <laughs> in the scope oh, of this gosh. very long talk, you're going to be here for four minutes. People at the end of this show, this is the, the takeaway moment's going to be, did I hear Mel on that show? Dude, last yeah. week I listened at 2x and yeah. it still took four hours to go through this. It's, it's that crazy. Is, that is inaccurate. You must have been listening at 0. 0.5 if it took four hours. It seemed, like, it seemed like eight hours. You know what? I don't want to point fingers at who's to blame about the length of the show, Robert. But <laughs> what, what I, Because what's well, a radio show, Robert? I can't just point fingers at you. That's ridiculous. No one right. would even know who I was pointing at. A lot of interesting things happened, but the most interesting thing, 18 hours ago, 18 yes. hours. I posted a poll. Yes. I was feeling a little funny hilarity just wanted to see what the people were all about Mm -hmm. and the question was is talking tesla too long each week question mark uh yes it is three choices yes yes no those are the two obvious okay that's obvious that's the last one was your poll was stupid your poll is stupid because i just i don't know maybe people don't give a crap what the hell we think it might have been stupid but i will tell you this of all of the comments and there were 29 comments 500 Plus voting, 517 voters. Yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's whew, that's, that's, five, that's over 500. That's almost 10, 12% of all of our followers on the Twitter. Almost everybody to a man and woman, woman. said no. What? It's not too long. <sighs> Except for uh, one couple of people, yes, it's too long. One guy said you can make it half as long, but you got to do it twice a week. Uh, what? So that's basically the same thing. Robert is now taking live tweeting. This is why this show takes two hours. Well, it takes because... you four and a half hours to get to the point. What's me? the point? <laughs> it takes me to get What is the point? I'm going to tell us the about point the poll. Of... What did the people say in the poll? Oh, did I didn't even get to that? That's weird. <laughs> so no. Is it? Yes was 21%. 21% of people think it's too long. Thank you. 59% of people don't think it's too long. That's okay. the majority. And right. if that was a presidential election... You'd be elected. I would be the president of the world. And the last one, and and honestly, 
almost as many people said my poll was stupid yeah. as said, yes, the show's too long. <laughs> really? So like 20%? 20, it was 21, 59, and 20 that said my poll is stupid. Wow. And well, I, think if I don't I... know how to measure that up because, <laughs> you know, if I say if this was a, an election for president, uh-huh. you would have won in a mandate. The third party but... candidate split the vote. <laughs> yeah. I reckon if they did that poll again right now, they'd say, yeah, that's too freaking long. Right, right this moment. Yeah, but no right one can hear second. this show right live. Like, we're not tweeting live periscoping or anything like that. I also tweeted a photo of some crates I found behind a location. And the question in that particular tweet. I'm surprised tweet, on that tweet that you didn't, like, exclude me. I, I, I didn't exclude you. You're not I exclusionary. Actu- I actually added you. Yes. If anything, I want, I knew. I knew, I guessed that you would have the answer. And so I sent up a couple of photos of uh, Tesla crates and I said, where do you think this mythical new supercharger is? And Robert, no one got it right. Uh, my except favorite, for Robert. My favorite answer was Mordor. <laughs> Mordor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not where the supercharger is. You know why? Because Mordor doesn't need supercharger because they don't have Teslas in the. They, they, it's driven that. by magic. <laughs> the hobbits. <It's, laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it. Couple of tweets. I was having some fun with you people. Very fun out there. A lot of good stuff happening in the world of the talk. Tesla. Hey, and I've been doing a lot of videos because it turns out that I can do the videos in my own time, in my own special places. Narcissist much? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't have to be with you people, which makes me happy. Um, so <laughs> Robert really likes it when you're around because I'm not picking on him. Yeah. So I've been doing a lot of videos. I'm going to keep them coming because you know I can do them in my own time. I just wanted to stay. I, like I just hide everybody. I like the videos. Tom and I dropped some video. He came over to the house. We did. We did I some videoing. So. So tired in the, that video. <laughs> the Patreons have been enjoying it for a few days before it goes live to the world. Yeah. But it should be live to the world by the time you hear this. So it's a pretty fun little video, I thought. Yeah. It's, Tom goes through some of the secret issues, model secret th- things model that are in the Model 3. Model 3-ishness Like, stuff. I didn't know that you could change your front door, your front uh, alignment. Your front adjustments. Front adjustment, that's you the word. You can front adjust all your Teslas. Mother front adjustment. You can <laughs> front adjust. <laughs> you can front it up. Yeah. <laughs> that thing is, so, get frunky with it. So, Tom, yeah. uh, you've now had your car again. I do, have, second I do time. have my car again. That's right. Rock on. How is it? Are you enjoying it? What, tell, talk it's, to the people. Amazing. A lot of fun. Yesterday, last night, on my way home from where I was when I dropped the pole (laughs) on everybody, I turned on the autopilot just to see if the calibration had finished. It had. And so all of a sudden, the car takes off because it's set for... I don't know, 70, miles an hour. 787 miles an hour. I think that's in kilometers, and you know we're not really kind of sure about what's going on. So it turned on. It was at night. Uh, I'll be honest with you. It made me very nervous initially. I was very, very freaked out. But today, if you were to ask me today, because I drove it over here. You, if you, wait, you drove it over no, here? No, no, no. If you were going to ask me okay. today, do I really enjoy driving the Model 3? I would say to you, I have no idea because it's doing all the driving. <laughs> I find actually the Model 3 hardware 2.1 or whatever it's called Uh is um, working better than the hardware 2.0 in the S. It seems to be a lot more stable than the S. I don't know why. It's still a little wonka wonky. It's like a, you know, the S is a drunken 15-year-old. Yeah. It feels like the 3 is a drunken 17-year-old. Yeah, I would uh, would agree with that. Also, I charged it at a supercharger today. How did that go, Thomas? Big 
big... How, okay, so we've been having this back and forth about how many kilowatts you can charge your charge rate, max charge rate in yes. the S's and stuff. And yes. people were getting up to what, 120? Yeah, we've got a 120 in official, right, right. a lot of 118. I got up to 103 today. That's wow. That's awesome. I was charging at 399 miles per hour. What was your state of charge? Wow. I started at about 59 miles remaining. So it's about one-sixth of your range? That is accurate. And then I sat there, Were and there... I sat there, and it started to slow down. And I have photos of the whole entire slowdown process. I went to a supercharger and tested that. I went to the destination charger at the uh, Burbank Service Center to yeah. see how that was. Very slow. Really? Very you slow. You can do that at my house. I have a destination charger. The destination is my house. 17 <laughs> miles an hour at that one at 40 That's amps. terrible. At 40 amps, yeah. That was the, That's really the, Mine was the getting regular the full... destination charger in front of the Burbank Tesla They must shop. have been having a very yeah. bad electricity day because that— But it's set for 40 amps. Yeah, but at 40 amps, you should be getting like 27 miles, 28 yeah. miles an hour. Well, at home on mine, which has an 80—it mm-hmm. has a 100-amp circuit. 80. 80-amp circuit, 100-amp circuit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it gets uh, it was getting like 45 miles per hour of charge. That's on That's the S or the 3? On the 3. Wow. That's pretty good. Trey. We did a in the video. We show Mel's less than stellar (laughs) Model Three charging station. Is this the hook? The hookup hook? Did you see that video? Yes, I did. Did you you cringe? I started a new hashtag. It's called hashtag Zip the Hook. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag What the hell is wrong with you, Uh, Herbert? For those of you that haven't seen it, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, so (laughs) I've just got a 120 volt sort of plug in the front of the house. So I put a Tesla charger on there, Mm -hmm. but I needed somewhere to uh, hook it. So there was a Mm -hmm. sort of steel pole at the front of my house. So I just used some zip ties and imagination. It's a coat make hook. It it's literally a coat hook that you would screw to your wall. Yeah. And, but it's and a the, nice and one. The worst part about it's it, chromed. It's, it's really chromed. nice. Sure, it's lovely. lovely. But the worst part about it is I showed up, the, the freaking cord is not even wrapped on. It's just laying on the ground and the, the handle end of it is just laying. I'm more worried about it. where the brick is plugged into the extension cord and all the mm-hmm. moisture that can get in there and blow the circuit. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to wrap that in a special yes. substance. Yeah. It's called Duct, duct tape. tape. I got yeah. charged for charging today. Oh, how did that work? At the Burbank Supercharger. Does it pop up on your uh-huh. app? Or? It does. No, it just pops up on the on the screen at the right mm-hmm. the right corner, paid supercharging. Got charged $3.20. How much per kilowatt hour were you paying? I have no idea. Can you look it up? I mean, no, the people want to know. The, how many, how many miles here, talk did amongst you get? Your, talk amongst yourself. How many miles did you get for that? Well, I don't, I don't really want to divulge too much about that situation. Really? Not like, on the show because I found some very secret information that I there's no way, huh? No way I'm telling any either one of you. Oh, what, what? I found out today. You found a way we to charge without getting charged. We haven't even Thomas. got. We haven't even got to the Zuma Not mission happening. yet. Nope. That's the secret of the about. show. That's the secret sauce right there. So yeah, I'm not giving away this. Secret. I'm just wondering: is there is there a hack? No. Like, can you go to a supercharger? Yeah. Right, all the threes have uh-huh. to pay. But yeah. is there like a cutoff? Like, if you can charge almost a kilowatt and pull out the plug mm-hmm. and get like nine tenths of a kilowatt, and then plug it back in and get another nine tenths. You know, it's oh, like God. who's going to jack? Might be able to. Who's going to jack the supercharger and then publish it 
online. Just pay the money. We need more superchargers. Yeah, people just, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. I paid the money. I paid the, for the supercharging. But you got more than you bargained for. I don't know what you're talking about. So no. I, it doesn't say in the app anything about the paying for the charging. Mm. Maybe if I go, into if you go, into my, if you log into your site, it'll say. I'll look on your credit card. But I did want to say before I take off that. Um, Are you leaving? Uh, yeah, I've got to go. We're what? I got to go get my three and drive to UCLA. But uh, the Model S versus the Model Three drive. It's been on a number uh-huh. of those videos. But I know some of you don't watch those videos, although. 270,000 watched one of those videos, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the, oh. I like the S a like. lot. And uh, you and I talked about it on that last video. Mm-hmm. The S is definitely quieter when you're driving around. Um, the 3 is quiet, but the S is super quiet. But in terms of zippiness and everything, I really prefer the drive of the 3, even though it's a little tighter and you feel the road a bit more. I like the way that I can see everything. I like that it's sporty. I really like the car. And guess what? What? I can park it without crashing into things. So fun. first time ever. So, so it's it's a smaller car. You're a smaller man, I'm and it seems small. to be a good fit. I think if you're my size, Hobbit size, we like to call it. Yeah, it's perfect. Are the pedals too small for your giant Hobbit feet? <laughs> well, five eight <laughs> is five nine. I'm in that area, so I'm like a normal person. You're actually like a very tall Hobbit. I valeted the thing yesterday. That was how did that go down? It was. The Did guy. You? First off, I think it was a, a situation where ordinarily I could have parked it, but the guy was like, uh, "No, you can't park." <laughs> I want to drive it, and he's like, "He said to me, this is what he said. He said, can, uh, I need the key.'" And I said, "No, you don't." And right. he's like, "I need the key," and I'm like, "No, you don't." And then I thought, "Yeah, he does. He actually does need the key." <laughs> Luckily, I had it with me, but I handed it to him. But we ran into a situation. So here's a little tip for you in Tesselation: If you give your key to the valet guy, yes. and you look him in the eye and you say, "Do not lose this key," don't. Yeah. Like, do that first, but then make sure you show him how to start the car with the key. Because I didn't do that. He got in the car, he put the key in the cup holder, and he couldn't start it. I'm watching him from like 25 yards away, and like, he can't figure it out. And I just walked over there. And then I got in, I was like all high and mighty, and I was like, it's okay, you don't know what you're doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't show him what I was doing. He didn't look on the back of the card, so he didn't put the card in that little spot on the center console. Couldn't Behind start it. the cup holders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is like uh, how you can get your car to be parked like the Ferrari 512 or mm-hmm. whatever. They'll just leave it there right in front <laughs> because they can't figure can't it out. It. I did find myself looking at the app to see the location of it to make sure that he wasn't driving it around. around. Did you put it on valet I mode? I did put it on valet Good. mode. Yeah, yeah, I put my little code in. I don't. What Do you guys know what valet mode does? Yeah, yes. it stops them being able to zip around at 150 miles an hour. Yeah, it tempers the speed. It tempers the the top speed. There were other features they were going to put on it, but I don't recall them. Ever. Well, one of them is if you drive more than I think it's a mile from where you dropped off, um, it puts tear gas into the uh, internal <laughs> compartment. That's no, one of them. And then if you're more than like ten miles thing. away, knives come out and just slices that's the driver neither. into small pieces. I think the uh, seat heaters come sure. on and the, and the parking and the uh, strap. Yeah, seat oh, yeah. Locks. Seat belt locks and just pulls and pulls and pulls and until it the chokes gas. to death. Until they have a seatbelt sign. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, so uh, that's it. i got to go. But um, loving the Model 3. Mm-hmm. Loving the Tom's got the Model 3. Thinking the world's going to get Model 3s. Mm-hmm. Read an article that said it's a really great car, but they've got one problem. They're not going to be able to build them fast enough. That so. was your... These people are quoting you. I believe they you are. You understand that? I think they are. <laughs> people, I, like, there are people literally making articles based on your, your tongue-in-cheek YouTube, Tesla's got a problem, 
posting. You are, ha- <laughs> you are having a... They are? Yes. Wow. Do you not... What is... This is so circular because I said that and then somebody wrote it and then I read it and I'm like, so everybody, <laughs> right. everybody's talking about this. <laughs> yes. It's much like another situation yes. in another people big are, house that's pe- white. People are literally retweeting your craziness, sarcastic comments as, as you saying it has a problem. Wow. Wow, I just got sucked into a vortex that I didn't even know I'd created. <laughs> this whole show is out of its mind. Look, ladies and gentlemen, before I go, I thought oh, I'd do one more accent. Thank I God. I go to UCLA. The uh, Kenyans are doing great, but uh, still in the hospital, hopefully coming home soon. It's been great. Hey, ladies, it's been great. Hey, I'll, ladies! I'll, uh, I'll meet you here again soon, I'm sure of it. Hmm. Hey, patrons. It's good to have you. Thanks, patrons. More stuff coming. Supercharging is 20 cents a kilowatt. What the what? In That's California. A yes. That's a lot. No. That's about a third the price of gas. It's a lot less than any other fast charger that charges you in oh California. Gosh, yes. Found one of those near the new Calabasas Supercharger as well. There's an EV Go over there with the mm-hmm. CCS and a Chatamo dual bagger. Right. Mm-hmm. Right there next to the city that is the Hall of Calabasas. Herbert nice. Mm-hmm. See ya. Bye. Bye, Melvis. Bye, Mel. Thanks for coming. People miss you. Yeah. We're not those people. Come though. back sometime. <laughs> Just kidding. Of course we miss you. Thank God he's gone. Let's talk. <sighs> wow. About now it. the show can start. Yeah. All right, Robert. Shall we continue? The first thing that we want to talk about today, I guess, since we've already talked about Model 3, we've had our fun. We we've had our fun. Enjoyed our frivolity. Uh, we've talked about the fast charging that I was capable of getting. Let's we talk. We should thank all the Patreons, oh, right? Because so they're making, fun. they're encouraging Mel yeah. to make all of these YouTube videos, which are obviously having a great effect. So Patreons, keep it up. He's never been more prolific, and it's all because of you, Patreons. Very true. So if you want to see more of that drivel, I mean, great information. <laughs> Feel then, free to then join us on Patreon. Join us on Patreon. Patreon dash talkingtesla dot org dot com forward slash biz. I think is the whole nice URL. I don't know. I don't that, know where you pulled that out that, from, but is, I'm I'm more than impressed. That is wildly inaccurate. Can you not read sarcasm in my voice, Robert? Because this is I'm a gullible kind of guy. This at times. may be the crux of the problem that the two of us are having. <laughs> I'm just saying. So our first story uh-huh. is about climate change. Okay. And it's a positive story this time, which I'm is very it? Yes, I'm very happy about this story because it turns out that Mr. Perry, who is in charge of the EPA, has been stopped. He wants to well, I'll just read the title of this story Please. from the New York Times. Rick Perry's plan to rescue struggling coal mine and nuclear plants <laughs> is rejected. Sucker. And so it turns out that there was this plan dreamed up that coal mines or I should say coal-fired power plants mm-hmm. which promote coal mining and nuclear plants, which are struggling right now, are going to be boosted by the EPA Mm -hmm. because they can maintain grid stability. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that I abstracted from this article, but I'm going to try and keep it short since we've already gone like close to half an hour with Mel gabbling on here. It was so fun to have him, though. It was fun. And so it turns out that Mr. Perry was proposing Mm -hmm. or stating that Mm -hmm. the grid is unstable because (laughs) renewables and uh, 
you know, wind and solar are not able to uh, serve the grid mm-hmm. because they're intermittent. They don't work at night in the case of solar mm-hmm. and that we need to have power plants that can have 90 days of fuel on hand. On site. Yeah. 90 days. As if wind is not going to work for 90 days or solar isn't right. going to work for 90 days. So If the sun doesn't show up for 90 days? We have other problems. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. It's bad, right? We have major problems. Uh-huh. And so he was proposing that only uh-huh. plants such as those who could keep 90 days of fuel on site, uh-huh. should they should be subsidized for their ability to maintain the stability of our grid. There's only two plants, two kinds of plants... Yeah. That that could uh, possibly yeah, can't work be, for. can't be natural gas no, plants, which burn quite smoothly and relatively clean if you look at coal. But it's pipeline-y also, right? right? So they, they don't store 90 days of natural gas on silly. site. That would be silly as right. And so it turns out that the panel, the federal panel that oversees such decisions, came down and said, absolutely not. It's not a, a decision that can be changed. They're unanimous in their <laughs> propo- in their final quashing of this silly idea. Uh-huh. Although yeah. they pointed out in the article that these commissioners were, for the most part, I think four of the five were nominated by Mr. Trump, Mm. President Trump, and that they've historically operated independently of the executive branch, though I think we're going to have to watch for what happens if there will be a shakeout of this commission. And it's interesting to say that there was an expert that they also mentioned, Paul Bledsoe, who was a former Clinton White House climate change advisor, saying that, quote, the notion of subsidizing coal and nuclear and thereby raising consumer prices is an anathema to Trump appointees and Democrats alike. Yeah, an anathema. I like that word. It is a Could great be the word. word. Of the week. But my favorite part of this whole article, the whole situation. So he comes up with this plan to rescue the coal and nuclear power plants. Yes. And he presents it to this commission. Yes. And the commission says, Eh, no, not going to happen. Yes. And his response was, as intended, my proposal initiated a national debate on the resiliency of our electrical system. <sighs> so he was like, I thought all along this is what I wanted to do. Of I course. wanted what I was really looking to do. It wasn't really so much the plan, but I wanted to start the conversation. So I, I put this ridiculous plan forward that, of course, you rejected out of hand. Mm. Oh, what a crock of yeah. <laughs> and they pointed out that it's the transmission lines mm-hmm. and the, the yeah. web that feeds the grid that mm-hmm. is really more at risk and more of a problem, which we'll talk about in a little bit. There's one really useful solution to that. Mm-hmm. Batteries. Batteries. Yes. Batteries. Now we'll talk about semi-trucks and uh, electric semi-trucks and uh, Tesla electric semi-trucks. Shan't we? Yeah, I mean, as far as autos go, you know, we've sucked all the the information into the Model 3 sphere since you and Mel are mm-hmm. all living the Model 3 life. You know as well as I do, me and you could sit here and talk for six hours about the Model 3, but we won't. Or Tesla. So this is an article from Trucks.com, which is amazing. I would love I to own Trucks.com. Well, I, I subscribe to a bunch of trucker websites of and you do. get their RSS feeds because I'm really interested in trucking. This is a huge area for not only it Tesla, is. but for clean transportation. And oddly enough, you were subscribed to all of that trucking stuff before you even started doing this show. 
<laughs> has nothing. It's not even related. You were just interested in in CB radios and uh, truck stops and where to get the best uh, chimichangas. Ten four, good buddy. <laughs> And so in this article from Trucks.com, it's called The Analyst's Report, uh-huh. The Economic Case for the Tesla Semi-Truck. And uh, they pointed out in the article that lots of truck companies and truck experts all poo-pooed the Tesla Semi, saying that it was not going to be the golden egg. The bee's knees? The, the cat's meows? The best thing that could have hit the... Um, Patty's pajamas? Yeah, it's not that way. It's not going to be that good, that there's going to be problems, that mm-hmm. they've overpromised and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so this guy said, well, he looked to Alexander Potter, who's the senior research analyst at the Piper Jaffray and Company Investment House. And also Harry's uncle. Oh, Harry, Harry Jaffray? Potter. No, Harry Potter. Oh, come on, Robert. That joke Potter, just Piper, died. Potter Piper. No, Peter Alexander Potter. Potter, Harry's uncle. It's a whole. Now it's not oh. funny. Now it's not funny anymore. Alexander Potter. It was funny. Harry Potter. So that would make him a muggle. Or maybe he isn't. A muggle maybe or he's a mudblood? A wizard. Isn't it? I don't know. Who cares? Move it depends. On. You know, mudblood is, that's bad stuff. All right. That's let's... a Slytherin kind of sl- <laughs> no. slur. Okay. Moving right. on. So, Piper Jaffrey, Mm -hmm. big investment house. They're always on the Tesla earnings calls. They're always asking questions. That's where I know the name from. But this smart fellow, Alexander Potter, went through and said that in his analysis, and I've put the link in for the longer um, article, that the Tesla truck could achieve a two-year payback. But read the fine print because assumptions Mm -hmm. very much matter. And assumptions include things like unforeseen maintenance costs or downtime that Mm -hmm. the truck experiences. So you've had no downtime with your Model 3. Uh, I think that's wrong. Yeah, no, there was like a whole few days of downtime in there somewhere. So of your your, uh, one-week experience with Model 3, you've had, you know, a seventh or maybe... Yeah. One third downtime. I'll tell you though, it's been glorious. That's that was a bad thing, <laughs> and so that would that would definitely impact the profitability of a Tesla truck. Mm-hmm. How much the range will be adversely affected by hot or cold weather? Mm-hmm. How will service be done? In other words, your truck is in I don't know Missoula, Montana, and it breaks down, mm-hmm. and there's no Tesla truck service centers in Missoula. What are they going to do? That's a good question. They're not going to. I mean, if they send a Ranger in a truck to go fix your truck, mm-hmm. that's a hell of a long way. They're going to bring you a separate truck that you can. It's well, but you're big under questions. the assumption that now, what happens if you're in Missoula, Montana, and you're S? Right. Well, there's probably more access to a Tesla mechanic for an S yeah. near Missoula, Montana, than there is for a semi. You know why, Robert? Why is that? Because they, there's cars built. And once the trucks are built, Tesla will support it. They're not going to make a $200,000 vehicle and not be able to support it. Besides, it'll fix itself. It's oh. AI. <laughs> <laughs> little, a little welder will come out and fix the this? axle. Instead of a driver, yes. a mechanic. Hmm. Boom. You don't lose any jobs. Mm-hmm. You, you transition everybody over and they're just there in case. No right. downtime because it still saves money because there's no 10-hour downtime, right? Oh, that you're mechanic, talking about the Tesla truck being fully AI. Right. The, the truck's driving itself, right? It's auto driving itself. And the mechanic's in the back sleeping, playing Xbox, having a burrito, chimichanga from your favorite truck stop. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. And so Mr. Potter, mm-hmm. Henry's uncle. Harry. 
Harry's uncle, <laughs> said that the, the, the cost of the truck is mm-hmm. the biggest X factor. And he says as well, you know, it sounds really good, but don't expect the truck industry to stand still. No. Every, he says, almost every major truck brand is working on an electric truck. Yeah, some are farther even along. Yeah, well, this one, Navistar International, uh, their chief exec, Troy Clark. Good for you, Troy. Yeah. He said his company will have more electric trucks on the road than Tesla by 2025. Boom. And then he dropped the mic. He walked away. He's like, take that, Tesla. Is 2025 like the new 2020? Or is it, wait, it's far beyond the new 2020? We don't know. We're not sure. We'll start to get a feel for that, I'm assuming, coming up here. So you remember how Elon, up on the on the big screen yeah. during the reveal of the Tesla Semi, he put up the coefficient of drag and, and uh, made it uh, similar to like a supercar, the Bugatti Chiron, I think it was. Yeah. And so this guy says, well, if diesel companies or diesel truck manufacturer uh-huh. mimic Tesla's impressive drag coefficient, then it would be probably a lot harder to justify switching from diesel to electric. So that kind of it's true. chilled my blood a little bit. It, but it just has to make a little better financial sense. And then the environmental bonus to all of these trucking companies is going to be just push them right over the edge. Well, I mean, if there is like a carbon tax on transportation that, that does come down the pipeline, that would certainly push this transition mm-hmm. forward. We got bigger problems in like 25 years. I know we've discussed this in the past with like now no one is buying fuel. Right. How are we fixing the roads? That's true. We have to figure out a different way. Although lots of states have created these electric vehicle sort of fee uh, structures yeah. so that if you have an EV, even though you're not buying gas, you're Mm-mm. still paying $70 a year or $150 mm-hmm. a year in some sort of a road fee to help cover the cost of fixing the roads. And how do you feel about that? Because you're not very happy about uh, tax to, for electric electrons. You were like, I'm already paying a premium. Remember that? That's true. I, that? I had that big beef about that, and I still have it. Big I still beef. think that uh, as long as electric vehicles are not subsidized like gas or diesel vehicles are Mm -hmm. subsidized, right, because of the cost associated with burning the fuel and the extraction of the fuel and Mm -hmm. the spillage of the fuel, all of that, because electric vehicles, uh, I think, cost a lot more. And if they were on par with Mm -hmm. electric vehicles based on carbon tax and based on uh, pollution tax, Mm -hmm. then um, I wouldn't care about it. But I do because I think I'm already paying more than my share. So that's that's it for trucks. Is it? We're not really going to talk about cars this week. We're going to talk about trucks again because there's a great uh, autonomous vehicle article from the Rolling Stone. Right. And that's sh- this article. You're correct. We're not going to talk about trucks. We're going to talk about truckers. Right. Different. Well, trucks, truckers. I see them as mm-hmm. simpatico. So a couple of things just to get started with this article. Truckers, I don't know if you knew this, they earn $60 billion in annual wages. And trucking is the most, this was the most surprising thing, this Another stat right most. here. Trucking is the most common profession in 29 of our 50 states, Robert. That's three-fifths of the whole country almost. That's a lot. That is a big, well, big deal. So Not this, necessarily three-fifths of the population, but it is a lot of states. Right. In a lot of states, the m- biggest profession is truck driving. 70% of the goods that we get travel at some point by truck. And from 2000 to 2010, the output from America's factory soared 
right? Little known information right here. But manufacturers slashed 5.6 million jobs because of automation wow. and other tech advantage. So we're always like, China this and China that, right? It's it's automation at home. Homegrown automation drove 88% of those layoffs, according to research from Ball State University. That's an impressive number. It's a big that, number. That the automation and tech advances, mm-hmm. they drove 88% of the layoffs. Yeah, in manufacturing. And the overall trucking industry in the America is $700 billion. So, of course, there are a lot of people trying to get a piece of that pie. Yeah. And it's not like the mm-hmm. current administration is at all concerned about this. In fact, they're yeah. pushing whatever balls to the walls. Mm. Can I say that on the TED on the You just podcast? did. I'm no. not going to repeat it, though. They want to go full bore mm-hmm. on automation of manufacturing yeah. and on automobiles or trucks. Yeah. So I feel sorry. I feel sorry for the American trucker. Right, right, right. I want to find a sort of golden lining to this. We need a pillow soft landing. So I'm going to give you a few more stats, right? A report by the International Transport Forum projects roughly 1 million heavy truck drivers will lose their jobs by 2025. This is based on automation, right? This is based on autonomous trucks hitting the road. McKinsey Global Institute's thinks it may be even more dramatic, 85% automation or 1.5 million jobs lost by 2027. So these are big, big deals. Uh, The Trump administration, like you said, has sided with the automators and is initial advisory council, right, was stocked with CEOs of people that are pushing this technology stuff forward, robotic trucking, Uber, Tesla, all of those folks. And he uh, his tax plan offers big breaks for investment in all sorts of automation. So his own transportation secretary vowed that the administration will be a, quote, catalyst for a driverless future, yeah. which is really good to hear on some levels. But it depends on which side of the fence you are. If you right. are dependent on a job yeah. in which you're driving, yeah. um, heads up, you know, if you're a taxi driver, an Uber driver, mm-hmm. a Lyft driver, a truck driver, a UPS, yeah. FedEx driver, all these people are, are I'm, I'm, there's a storm a coming. Yeah, there is. I mean, definitely keep your eyes open. And according to Anthony Lewandowski, who was Uber's former automation star, superstar engineer, right? Yeah. He says eventually there will be no cab on the front of a truck yeah. or no room for a human. None of that will be happening. And in fact, I was just pulling this up. We didn't actually put the article formally mm-hmm. in the show notes, but uh, two days ago, GM announced that it's going to be bringing a bolt to market Mm -hmm. next year that has no steering wheel and no driving uh, interface for humans. Done. So walk away. Yeah. GM is is pushing the envelope as well. I do wonder if that thing's going to only be used for like ride sharing services as opposed to uh, trying to sell that thing. You can Barely get a guy, a salesperson, to know information about the Bolt. Can you imagine, like, uh, you get in that thing, you buy it, like, there's no steering wheel? Explain that one, Billy. Well, what Jim needs to work on, as well as the other dealers, is a Mm -hmm. robot that knows how to answer questions and be objective. So when you walk in to buy a car, it would say, hello, Tom, 
what would you like to look at today? Your say, robot wanna, voice is weird. I want to. I want to look at a <laughs> autonomous bolt. Yeah. Can you show me that? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Let's walk right over here to this beautiful blue model. He's his voice changes quite a bit. He's like a valet, an English sort of. I don't know what's happening. I guess when you there. walk it's, up to the robot, you could ask the robot, "Would yeah. you like to hear a?" Scottish accent. I would like to have a, a robotic salesman, and I would like that salesman to also be the general manager, so he didn't have to leave the room constantly <laughs> to go talk to his general manager about the deal he's about. Yeah, to right. That's funny. That would be a, a whole lot better. So then we talked about we've talked about platooning in the past. That's one driver with two trucks following, like right. very tightly attached to the front lead truck, which and saves energy do. and it saves on two more drivers. Right, two more drivers. And that's already being road tested by Volvo and Daimler. Yep. And in 2016, October 2016, that's quite a while from where we are right now in the past, an Uber subsidy called Auto dispatched an automated rig with 2,000 cases of Budweiser. The truck hauled 120 miles south along the base of the Rockies from Fort Collins to Colorado Springs, navigating around Mile High Stadium without its trailer drifting from the lane, right? I remember that story. You know how Mm -hmm. I remember it? Uh, Because we talked about it? Because I listened to Talking Tesla. Oh, there you go. So I thought that this was really amazing because Mm -hmm. I even went looking farther still. You are a deep diver. Two, three stories deep now. In Australia, Uh the Rio Tonto Company. It's Tinto. Tinto. Rio Tinto. Mm -hmm. Tint. Maybe because it's all brown and red out there. I don't know. And so they have already dispatched so many. I think it's 72 of these enormous pickup trucks. They're like dumpsters, but they're like the size of houses. Yeah. We actually talked about this at in the past mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. These trucks drive 24-7 without mm-hmm. a driver autonomously, and they're all throughout this huge mine that goes mm-hmm. there. So Rio Tonto's got 73 of these trucks running 24-7 without any drivers, and they're they're being controlled from afar. And in fact, they've already worked at this big mine in Australia on drills and trains and all sorts of inter interconnected transfer devices so that this mine went from something like 5,000 employees down mm-hmm. to 1,000. And I think they're looking to go back to 500. So this is big. I even looked for articles coming out of Australia mm-hmm. because there must be somebody who's upset that all these uh, high-paying jobs in the mines are going away. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's a number of uh, like provinces or areas that were very upset because they are losing the peripheral business. So the 4,000 people who used to work at the mine aren't buying food. Yeah, robots don't eat pizzas, Robert. That's right. They're not buying shoes. Robots don't wear shoes, Robert. They're not buying Carhartt. Robots don't wear Carhartt, Robert. Exactly. And so... The taxes that come from all those sales and all the people who get employed by those, it's all going away. It's terrible. How do we fix this? I don't know, man. We're going to need to value thinking, I guess. Yeah. Maybe everybody uh, could have a podcast and I guess, also make no money. <laughs> and have nothing but you know, busy <laughs> but work all day. But it's damn fun. It is. And so one of the points that, that's made here is that trucking is America's deadliest job. It's true. So this is like a little bit of a silver, silver lining, lining on yeah. some way. 745 fatalities in 2015. Even deadlier than working on electrical power lines. So if you happen to be hmm. the Wichita lineman and you're still on the line, truck driving is more dangerous. And maybe truck drivers could 
consider becoming linemen. Before the county. Yeah. With Glenn Campbell. I love that song. God rest his soul. And so uh, they talk in the article, they interview a guy who is a long-term trucker Uh who is uh, expecting to retire before this all really hits his Uh industry. Pribble. His name's Pribble. Pribble. Mr. Pribble. Not related to Harry Potter. No. And he says that, uh, you know, these trucks aren't going to help undo, you know, big heavy loads. It's true. Unjam things mm-hmm. or put chains on. Drive but, in the snow. Yeah. But there may be stations where, you know, some dude runs over with like a bunch of chains and then puts chains on the trucks yeah. or just pulls the chains off the trucks and the trucks signal like an Uber. They Rope. need an Uber yeah. guy not to drive, but to actually just come and put on chains. Robo chain installer. Exactly. Well, maybe there would be, be a robots, robot. Man. I saw this movie once. It was called The Terminator. They did everything. Hmm. It was terrible. There was a good uh, TV show. Should we do a quick... Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Electric quick, Dreams huh? by Philip K. Dick. It just mm. came out on Amazon. Nice. Nothing's quick I think it was in the, second, uh, in the second episode. They Always. had like robotic factory that could mm. do everything. Mm. Always trying to get the media pick of the week back in the show. <laughs> I love Robert. the media picks, man. <laughs> I know you did. So... How do we fix this? I don't know. How do we fix it? So Bill Gates, Elon, and Zuckerberg all have proposed this universal basic income. I don't know. I mean, these are pretty smart guys. I haven't thought it all the way through, but it does sort of upend economics. It changes things a lot, but I would like to say if you're going to have this universal basic income, I would like to see something come out of it, some sort of productivity but, you know, you talk about retraining, right, this flood of un, unemployed drivers, but that will also push down the wages in other jobs, right? So you train all these people to do X, and now there's 50 more people, you know, in every town that can do X, and the the owners drive that down. So factory workers who were pushed out of $25 an hour jobs with generous benefits can only find, you know, working in the service sector for not even half that much. And uh, so these are big thinking questions. I'm super stoked that Zuckerberg is on it because we all know what amazing positive <laughs> force in the world. Where would we all be without, without Facebook, without cat videos on Facebook getting 400 million likes? I mean, that's, well, that's not really a dig because I do like Facebook, but still like Bill Gates, Elon Zuckerberg. That might be what all the people who are put out of work by the robots do yeah. is hang out on Facebook all the time and now they'll get paid for doing that. Maybe they should just go work for Facebook. Well, Facebook may not need them because it'll have robots writing or, code. Or SpaceX. Yeah, well, SpaceX, I don't know. SpaceX is going to probably automate a lot of its services too. But how about we talk about solar power? Let's talk about the sun. Because the, the giant sun... fusion ball in the sky. Correct. Fusion. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. Putting that hydrogen together. 40 plus years old, and I finally figured out how the sun works. Good on you. <laughs> You're I never think, too old to learn, Robert. I think there's some people still working on that one. <laughs> but that solar power, that solar power could run all of this automation. The whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. The only problem yeah. is that we need to have economics drive how we build our solar infrastructure and use our solar power. I don't have any more answers for all of these problems that we come up with. So California invested heavily in solar power, and now there's so much, so much, that other states are sometimes paid to take it. I don't, initially when I read that headline, it kind of pissed me off as somebody in California who I'm assuming, I don't know, 
has paid a lot of money to build solar plants based on my uh, uh, utility bills and taxes and such. Especially for the folks who pay these uh, services that Mm. will take an additional amount of money from you to offset any power you get from like a coal-fired power plant or a natural gas-fired power plant and and essentially turn you into an all-solar consumer. Carbon offsets and such. Yes. And so... This comes from the Los Angeles Times. L.A. Times in the house! And maybe that that title is a little bit clickbaitish. You think? On 14 days during March, Arizona Utilities got a gift from California. You're welcome, Arizona. Not only did they get free solar power... You're welcome again. California produced so much solar power on those days that it actually paid Arizona to take excess electricity that it couldn't use. This I don't get. Why did we pay them to take it, Robert? Yeah, it's like it's it's like an exchange. What would happen if we didn't pay them? Would they be like, no, thank you. We do not want your solar power. Like, what? I don't know. And that's the part that I don't understand. We would see our electrical grid in California get overloaded. Explode. And there would be a fire. But why would they not take it? Why would why would they not be like, free energy? That's amazing. Well, I know that Arizona has basically turned off the tap on private homes being covered in solar and receiving sort of net metering and all of the benefits there. But, you know, they do have a fair amount of solar there. Yeah. And they these were probably quite sunny days. Mm-hmm. And I expect that Arizona probably had a fair amount of excess of its own, which I believe they talk about in the article. Mm. But they could have used it. And so Arizona, thankfully, huh, took our power and our money. I don't know. This feels Enron-like. Maybe that's why you're feeling kind no, of... No, I'm not upset about it. I'm just curious. There didn't feel like there was that much information about why the money is, is exchanging hands. But I get it. You know what? We made it. It's clean. Let them use it. So it cost us some more money, you know, probably this wasn't is, a lot. This is like the story of your loved one who says, you know, I took out the Tesla and I had a little accident. And you're thinking to yourself, <laughs> oh, my oh, my God, my Tesla. But I'm glad my loved one is well. Yeah. That's the most important thing. So in this article, the uh-huh. most important thing, sorry, mm-hmm. you want some coffee? Tom? And the earth is my loved one? Is that California has achieved dramatic success Woo-hoo. in increasing renewable energy. Yeah. And uh, it says that production has soared so much yeah. that the uh, targets that were set, that is, uh, they mandated in California, it was mandated that half of the state's electricity should come from renewable resources mm-hmm. by 2030. It's at, at 25% right now. And it says the, these targets look laughably easy to achieve. Right, but then you get to this one point right here. Californians pay 50% more for energy than the national average. It's because we're not using coal. And we've been using solar all those years and building out solar all those years when it was more expensive and we were subsidizing it. So it cost us more and damn it, it was worth it. I think so. Yeah. We're paying it forward. We are. And now we have so much Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, on those days, why don't they give us the electricity for free? We're double paying it forward. Yeah. But again, why don't they give it to us for free? That doesn't make any sense to me. Because they're mean-spirited, Robert. Yeah, I don't know. This, This article talks a lot about how economics drive public utilities. And in the and the bottom line is mm-hmm. public utilities earn money mm-hmm. by 
building power plants. Okay. And then they pass those expenses on to us. It helps the manufacturers and the builders of the power plants. It helps the utilities. And it just ends up costing us money. And yeah. so it turns out there's like nine power plant uh, projects that are very expensive. Most of yeah. these are natural gas. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. And it turns out we don't even need them. We don't need them. Let's not, let's not build them. And so there's been a re-review. Mm. And now they've found that a large number of these, I think it was four or five, they're not going to go ahead with. A yeah. bunch of money's been spent, but they're not going to go ahead and build them. And there's one right in our backyard. So maybe that will save us some money, Robert, in the long run. I think it will. And I think that uh, the thought here, they looked specifically in Los Angeles, in Redondo Beach. I don't know. If you know Los Angeles, mm-hmm. you know, the, the coastal communities, like a little house. You got your El Segundos. You got your Redondos. Your you got Manhattan. your Huntingtons, your Manhattans. They're oh, all lovely. They're beautiful. And if you think about what a little tiny house costs on like a 3,000 square foot lot, and it's like a million eight Mm-hmm. And it's a piece of crap. And all you want to do is tear it down and build something new mm-hmm. a uh, beach if mansion. you can. Mm-hmm. Right. So they have a natural gas fired power plant that is so old it needs to be replaced. And it doesn't need to be replaced. We don't need it. It's only on like 4% of the time. Bye bye. And if they say goodbye, they mm-hmm. can build a mixed use project there. That has got to be worth uh, more than a ton. That's a lot of property. They should make it a public park. How about low-income housing? They should make it low-income housing. Which would mean you'd have to earn at least $400,000 a year in in the beach community. Not relative low-income housing, Robert. (laughs) Just actual low-income housing. So, Robert, here's what I have. This is the bottom line for me. Yeah. 27% of the California energy is now uh, basically renewable. Solar is about 10% of that. And that figure doesn't include the rooftop solar systems that add four percentage points. So, Robert... Is this a good problem to have or a bad problem to have because, A, we'll stop building out this solar renewable capacity because people are going to see this article and freak out and be like, hey, man, we're already paying 50% more than everyone else. We want to keep building these things, blah, 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 blah. What say you? It depends. Oh, okay, good. Depends is always a great answer. (laughs) I learned that in in medical school. Well, good. If somebody asks you a question, you don't really know the answer. Mm -hmm. You say, well, that's a good question. That depends. It gives you a few milliseconds to think. Yeah, yeah. But actually, I already pre-thought my answer to that. How long do you have to live, sir? Uh, It depends. That's true. (laughs) If I continue to smoke and do methamphetamines, not as long. Mm. And so... I think it's actually a fantastic problem. The fact that we've been so successful at building out solar and renewables is fantastic. The problem that I have is Uh why do we have to give it away? Why do we have to pay to give it away? Why don't we pay less when there is more sun? Why don't we encourage, like, converting that electricity to hydrogen? Right. We talked about taking hydrogen Mm -hmm. and making it from Mm seawater versus from natural gas, which is a BS. BS. So if we could make hydrogen, you know, there's truckers, uh, truck manufacturers that are looking at these hydrogen mm-hmm. and uh, a battery combination trucks for long distances. Uh-huh. We could use this power. We could transport that hydrogen to some state where they need it. Like, I don't know. Wyoming, Louisiana, somewhere, and get people to stop pumping oil. We could spread the wealth. And if there's a problem like, wow, we can't predict when the sun's going to shine and we're going to have too much solar power and these BS arguments, these BS arguments, Uh maybe we need AI and some good weather predicting to figure out when 
are we going to expect a lot more sun, uh-huh. solar production? I mean, this just doesn't seem like it's that big of a problem. But, okay, we've had this show for many years now. Mm. We've talked about hydrogen vehicles many times now. Mm-hmm. And we've basically and just going into a ripped into hydrogen vehicles. And now all of a sudden you're like, hey, let's make hydrogen out of seawater and, and, and use our excess energy to make hydrogen vehicles that we know are inferior. But I guess... I'm going to step back. I'm going to take a little step back. I'm going to be like, okay, to get to the clean air future that we all want, yes, the clean renewable energy future that we all know and love and, and hope to get to someday, yes, it's going to take it's going to take all the players. It's going yeah. to take some hydrogen. Yeah, it's going to take some batteries. Well, we could use hydrogen just as an interim storage method. Okay. There's other ways, Tom. I mean, uh, Mel has talked about no, I am pushing <laughs> pushing uh, rail cars uphill. Oh, yeah. We've talked, and this is successfully done, pushing water uphill. Uh-huh. There's lots of ways to store energy. There's also something okay. called lithium-ion batteries. So, yeah, right. So instead of sending that to Arizona, we could have had big old fat daddy giant power pack situations, yes. super batteries, as it were, and just had them all over the place and just fill this one and fill that one. But I think the bigger problem, the bigger picture issue here is that the grid as it is right now is not capable of doing this kind of work, moving it over vast areas and blah, 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 and all that other stuff. So a grid upgrade would be nice. Maybe some mm-hmm. folks can be retrained to do that type of work. Or yeah. are we going to make robots rebuild the grid too? I don't know. Maybe Elon's going to tunnel under all of our cities and put the grid underground. I don't know anymore. It seems like we're out of control. I can't take it anymore. Uh, Never mind. All right, Robert, let's move on. We're going to talk about superchargers. We talked a little bit about superchargers because I found a mystery supercharger, and you were the one. You were the guy. You picked the spot. You knew that I'm only going to drive six or seven miles from my house anyways, and that's probably was most of how you guessed. Well, there was Santa Clarita. Mm, That's true. Yeah. There's the new Glendale. Mm-hmm. There's the new Grove. Yeah. Up on Sunset Boulevard in the Palisades, they're building out a beautiful shopping arena area. But yes, I thought it was Calabasas. Mm. And maybe I should have the supercharger cap now. I don't have a supercharger cap, but maybe I should be wearing it for this segment of the show. There you go. Supercharger update, Robert. It looks like a relatively light week in the realm, the world, the situation of Chargers Delos Super. We have 28 stalls this week. Nothing like last week's 160 stalls. We have two new superchargers in Pickering. Have you been to Pickering? Uh, No. What do you do in Pickering? Eat poutine because it's in Ontario. There you go. I would say eat poutine and drink Molson. You know, I bought a book. Two things I love, by the way. All how to speak in a Canadian. Oh, great. And I lost. <laughs> oh, thank God. Uh, Canada, you're welcome. I, I stole it. I, I, so you wouldn't be able I've to use it. I've had a lot on the plate the yeah, last week. No, you're a busy man. And so I, um, I lost it. But I will find it. The other no, supercharger won't. is in coal country in Huntington, West Virginia. Well, good for you, Huntington, West Virginia. Enjoy your Teslas. Enjoy your supercharger. That's probably powered by coal. Yeah, maybe. Although, I would like to hear more from Elon. Uh, Elon, are you listening? Well, that's one of Mel's jokes. It's like he was here. Or one of Elon's minions. (laughs) I want you to send a message to Elon. I want to know Mm -hmm. from the supercharger update. Yeah. What's up 
with the promise that the superchargers would be powered by solar energy. What percentage of superchargers are powered, even offset, with solar energy? I want to know this because it makes me concerned. 0.70694321, blast off. Sounds like a password to get into your computer. It's not. And so that concerns me, especially when you see how much is being built out. So Mm -hmm. it was a light week. I mentioned there's only two new open superchargers. But when I look at the map, and I think that, you know, we just had the end of the year with three or four or five major holidays. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people kind of distracted, maybe construction companies not taking on as many contracts. Maybe this is going to be reflective of the next few weeks through January, Uh maybe early February, that we're not going to see a lot of opening of superchargers, but we may see more in the construction zone or the Mm -hmm. permit zone. So uh, let me just, I'm going to circle around here. Let me finish up that we have one under construction in Texas. Hey, Haas. In Southlake. And four that have recently been permitted, three in the United States and one in Griffin, Austria. I've been to one of these cities in which the permit has been procured. Los Gatos? Custer, South Dakota. Have you? Custer, South Dakota is a brilliantly lovely small town. And I will tell you this, yeah. having a supercharger in Custer, South Dakota, makes me very excited that I could potentially yeah. drive my Model 3 to visit my cousins who have a cabin in the Black Hills adjacent to Custer, South Dakota. Wow. That's why I've been to Custer, South Dakota. Sounds cool. I would love to make sort of like the I-90 crossing uh, over the northern United States one summer. South Dakota is amazing. I love it. So as I say, it's been a light week. But when I look over the worldwide supercharger map, I'm quite struck by these clusters of activity in the San Francisco Bay Area, Mm -hmm. around Southern California, Michigan, Toronto. Toronto. The New York City, or as you like to say, tri-state area. The tri-state area. And in Great Britain, there is a lot of Tesla supercharger activity. Those are the areas that are coming online soon, and I look forward to reporting on them. Yes, it's going to be a supercharger year of awesomeness. I got a secret. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's it for the supercharger. Now we're going to move into secret uh, a frontier. Don't. Are we not talking about it? Should we? It's a secret. Do you think they're listening? I think they are listening. Okay, shh. But I don't know who actually is listening. Let's whisper. So it turns out U.S. spy satellite believed lost after SpaceX mission fails, reported in the Wall Street Journal. F*** that. (laughs) (laughs) Did it fail? Yeah. Let's talk about this. Oh, was it? We've been watching for Zuma. Zuma Mm -hmm. is this... Beach. It's a beach right around the corner. Yeah, it is a beach, in fact. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe there are answers there. Maybe. Secret mission. Uh Uh-huh. Nobody knows what it is, Mm -hmm. but Northrop Grumman, who built it. Mm -hmm. Maybe. We don't know. We're not even sure. SpaceX Uh to launch it. Maybe. It was supposed to go in November. (laughs) Possibly. And then it was delayed until January. Or was it? For some strange reason, like there was a problem with the fairing. But huh, could have been. Tom and I went to Vandenberg and saw another launch mm-hmm. with a fa- the same kind of fairing. Mm-hmm. No fairing problems there. So no. lots of funky, unusual, unexplained, and now 
even more unexplained. Fingers being pointed in several directions, from several directions, mostly, mostly, mostly pointed at SpaceX. Well, initially, yeah, SpaceX. In fact, I thought this Wall Street Journal article was beyond laughable because they were really, really darkly holding out SpaceX as having failed and that this satellite's going to be crashing down. It cost a billion dollars to build. And there's so many bees. I just want to say the word bull or did it. Yeah. So then I did a little more reading. Tesla Roddy has a nice article. The Drive had a nice article. And these dubious rumors that were in mainstream press. I love the word dubious, by the way. These dubious rumors in the Main Street press were easily countered. And in fact, I got a tweet just soon after this went off. You got one like to you, like at Robert? Paul Mellish sent me a tweet that said, didn't Grumman use their own payload adapter? So it's certainly their fault, not SpaceX. I don't know. Did they? Stick I don't know. to the Tomcat boys. Either they did or they didn't. It's hard to say really what happened what or what did happen. Means. There's a lot of things going on here. So this is what I'll say. It was a complete and total loss, or was it a complete and total loss? Was yeah. it SpaceX's fault? Was it Northridge Grumman's fault? Was it no one's fault because it's actually up there? Yeah. Hold on. Let me adjust my tinfoil hat really quickly Yes. and try to figure out who's telling the truth or who's not telling the untruths. So there may or may not have been a satellite. It may or may not have been on a SpaceX rocket. It may or may not uh, got into orbit. It may or may not fell out of orbit. It may or may not be covered in stealth technology. It may or may not be named Willy Wonka. (laughs) Well, so the problem with the press immediately pointing fingers at SpaceX is that SpaceX has got like 30 launches planned this year or 29 more launches planned this year. And this throws doubt Mm. on the SpaceX ability to pull that off. But here's the key piece of information that I've gleaned, right? So in the past, SpaceX, they had the RUD, right? And what did they do the very next day? They stopped launches until they figured out what happened. This is not happening right now. SpaceX did not say to the world, hey, uh, this satellite may or may not have had a problem, but uh, we may or may not be stopping all launches. No, they're moving forward. So it wasn't their fault because if it was, they would have stopped. Yeah, they were bombarded with requests. And it turns out Gwyn Shotwell, who's the president and chief operating officer of SpaceX, said without a doubt... Since the data reviewed so far indicates that no design, operational, or other changes are needed, we do not anticipate any impact on the coming launch schedule. Falcon Heavy has been rolled out to launch pad 39A, and it will have a static fire later this week. We'll shortly be followed by the maiden flight, and we're also preparing for the Falcon 9 launches for SES and Luxembourg from Launch Complex 40. And so... No change in SpaceX activity. Now Northrop Grumman is saying we can't say anything because it was a secret. And I'm looking back into the history of what's going on. So this is a spy satellite. They can't, nobody can see it up there. I have no idea what you're talking about. Duh. And maybe the intention is that no one sees it up there. This, there's this organization that tracks all of the devices that are floating around in orbit. And they say, oh, we can't detect anything. I don't think any of this uh, is true. Yeah. So it turns out back in the 90s, the United States at that time spent $10 billion. With a B. Billion dollars in the 90s on MISTI. 
Misty were two satellites that were cloaked. I cannot and, confirm or deny the existence of Misty. Well, the cool thing is that when Misty was launched, there were similar observations and a lot of similar confusion around what happened. It, it's like they couldn't find it. And then we look into all of these methods by which stealth technology, maybe even cloaking, mm-hmm. has been created to make satellites less vulnerable to satellite-destroying technology and also allow these satellites to buzz around up there taking pictures or doing whatever they do and do it stealthily, even using things like balloons Mm -hmm. and baffling and meshes that deflect and don't allow reflection of radar. And this is all really interesting. I think there's so much cool stuff to read here. If you're really into it, go for it. Enough said. Yeah, so it looks like, let's be all honest here, it looks like what happened, if it happened, was that it didn't deploy off the end of the rocket ship and didn't get into orbit. But no one's talking. Well, the world will never know, Robert. And well, it what will I will in like tell 40 you, years or 50 years when we can file a Freedom of Information request. But I will tell you this. I have no idea what or if you just said anything about this subject whatsoever. <laughs> and this podcast will now self-destruct. <laughs> Sounds like the... Although it feels like it already has. Mission Impossible. <laughs> it feels like we self-destructed it. So what upcoming launches do we have? So I we don't have know. SpaceX is planning the Falcon Heavy going up on January 29th. You won't be there. I don't know. No, you're here. You're not going. <sighs> it's... <sighs> you're not going there and you're not buying a Roadster and everybody in the Twitter's all, you're not getting a three because you're buying a Roadster. You got everybody fooled, Robert. Not me. You're not going. I want everything. You're not going, Robert. I need to be Eon so I can have everything. All right. But then I'd have to work even harder. So January 29th, mm-hmm. Falcon Heavy. January 30th. Mm-hmm. That's the next day. SES Luxembourg's Falcon 9 is going to take off from Launch Complex 40. Then... It's like back-to-back launchers. Yeah. One day after the other. That's why I want to go to Florida. Then... Uh, pushed back. So last week we said on January 30th there was going to be a second launch from Vandenberg, but it's been pushed back to February 10th at 1422, and that's GMT time or UTC time, and that's the uh, microsat for Spain. What time is that here, Robert? (laughs) Uh, 1422, I think it's eight hours difference. So Mm. that would make it like 622 in the morning on On the 10th. Pacific coast. Yeah. Do you want to go? Maybe. It might be one of those pre-dawn launches or right around dawn launches. Say that 10 times really fast. I could just get in the car and let it drive me. That's going to include the SpaceX Starlink constellation, and I'll report, we'll report on that next week. Then, coming up after that, five days later, on the 15th, there's going to be another Falcon 9 from Florida for Spanish Hipsat. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be March 5th and March 20th. Those are two NASA contracted launches. Uh, one is going to resupply the space station, and the other is for a exoplanet survey satellite. Transiting exoplanet survey satellite. I am nowhere near smart enough to know what that is, but I want one. Really? Why? I don't know. It sounds cool. You want to transit to exoplanets? It's called TESS. TESS, exactly. TESS is the study, and it's meant to discover thousands of exoplanets in orbit around the brightest stars in the sky. It's going to be a two-year survey of the solar neighborhood. Oh, the survey of the neighborhood. It's like yeah. a census, uh, like a planetary census. And the satellite's kind of cool looking. It's uh, All satellites are tests. cool looking. Well, 
Shall we go to letters? The okay, most Robert, important that part is of the, show. the meat of the matter is that we've gotten through the articles. It's only taken a day and a half for the most part to get through this one show's worth of uh, articles. Been very exciting. We had Mel, and now it's time to read the letters. And what we don't do occasionally is read all of the letters, and we try to paraphrase the letters because some people write long letters, some people write short letters. We want to get to the gist of the situation. The first letter is Dave. Leopke? Leopke. Leopke. Two Ps, Dave. That seems excessive for one person's last name. It's in his uh, in his email address as well, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to just call him Canadian Dave. All right. You can call him Canadian. And Canadian Dave, Dave. Has, an, has an alternative yeah, you, acronym you kind of put out for like the a, fart car. A little contestual call for fart acronyms. Yeah. So he's got F-F-A-R-T, and that stands for the Fossil Fuel Antiquated road transportation. But he added an extra F. Fossil fuel. I'll tell you one thing you do For not fart. want to do is add an extra F to any of my farts. <laughs> they are bad <laughs> enough as it is. Craig Williamson uh, sent us an email about Model 3 deliveries in Tejas. Tejas. Dallas, to be sure. He said that he saw a beautiful Model 3 in blue. And I don't think that's Mel. Being dropped off. At the Mockingbird Lane lot. That sounds cool. I want my lot to be on Mockingbird Lane. He was impressed by the car. And so have we been. And we will continue. Or you will continue I to will discuss continue. it. Where are we this week? Just let's, a small short aside, Robert. Uh, you're waiting. You're configuring. You're waiting to configure. You're not configuring. You're waiting to not configure. You're like a spy satellite. What is the situation with you and the model tray? Well, I have a uh, first production Model 3 ready to configure, and I'm going to make an offer of that to one of my coworkers unless somebody in the talking Tesla nation uh, really has to have it. And uh, how are you going to do that transfer? Yeah, that's like an auto escrow thing. But depending on how well I know the person, it can be quite easy. But what about the tax uh, implication situation? Which the rebate? Tax? The rebate. Well, technically, you're supposed to own it for uh, 24 to 30 months in California mm-hmm. and the federal world. Yeah. And that's an issue. That Definitely. is a big, big deal. I haven't thought it through, but... Uh, that's clear. All right. The next letter comes uh, again from Zibniak Veselovsky. Damn it. I did it again. Zibniak Veselovsky, who says, hey, Tesladians again. Thanks for reading my email after censoring his pre-Christmas post. I don't even remember what that means. Censoring is a strong word. <laughs> it is. And he said, uh, even he was happy to know that even without young Australian strapping Mel, that we were able to butcher his name. So my guess is it's still not Zibniak Veselovsky and uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry to <laughs> sorry not to. Uh, well, I'm actually not sorry. I'm happy to butcher your name <laughs> for you. He wanted to talk about charging speed. He is driving a S85D and his standard supercharger rate is Hi. 100 to 118 kilowatts but he's never managed to score the mythical 120 which is a bummer because that means he doesn't get a sticker thanks ibnyek mm-hmm. steven peters from belgium oh steven is 
the gentleman, the man, the myth, the legend who brought us, <laughs> you, to this Tesla semi-event. And he, turns out, is a crazy person. Oh, gosh. He's doing good science. He's doing He's amazing work. He's investigating what's going on with autopilot, oh. with ultrasonic detectors. He learned some things, Robert. We'll post his YouTube address here. And basically, Stephen took duct tape and sequentially started covering parts of <laughs> his Model S right. along the passenger side. Uh -huh. First cameras and then ultrasonic sensors mm -hmm. to see at what point would his Model S, uh -huh. which in Belgium, this is like a hundred DL, yeah, really expensive car. Uh -huh. How likely is it that he could crash that into uh -huh. a beautiful white Model X <laughs> that one of his friends was driving, uh -huh. practically causing a three hundred thousand dollar collision? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're driving down the freeway. He puts a piece of duct tape over the camera and tests the automatic lane changing, right? Because he wanted to know, hey, does the camera do it or do the side sensors do it? Is it the radar? I don't even. They're not radar, so but sonar. they're ultrasonics, right? Yeah. So sonar. So he puts a thing over the camera, he hits the right-hand turn thing, boom, the car doesn't go over because it sees the Model X there. He goes a little bit ahead of it, pushes the thing, and the car goes over. Then, in all of his genius, scientific, crazy, mad scientistness, <laughs> he takes duct tape and plugs every single one of the ultratonic sensors, puts tape on the over right them side. on one side of his car, and keeps the, the lid on the camera. Yeah. Right? At the same time. So he blinds the he car. He blinds the, the autopilot aspect of the car. Goes back out there side by side to his buddy's Model because X. Because he's expecting the car to say, wait, right. you've blinded me. I can't do right, that. Right, right. So the whole point of this is he pushes the right hand turn thing to turn into the have the car auto lane change. And it does. Right into the X. Of course, they were paying attention. So they didn't cause an accident. But so Tesla... The default current software situation in this autopilot is if the car is blind, what the hell? I'm changing lanes anyways. Wah, wah, wah. Not uh, the car is blind. Sorry, sir. This is unavailable. First of all, uh -huh. uh, Stephen, mm -hmm. I think you should be wearing a white coat, a lab coat. That's first. Second, I'm glad the highway patrol didn't pull you over. Mm, yeah. Of course, I don't think they have highway patrol in uh, Belgium. Yeah, so it's check called out, something else. Check out Stephen Peter's YouTube video. I put it in our Twitter feed uh, yesterday, a little link to it, and it is uh, good stuff. So this reminded me of when I took some flying lessons. <laughs> Yeah, me before, too. Before you get into an airplane, uh -huh. you get a checklist. Oh, good. Now it's probably on an iPad, but yeah. you need to go around the airplane, mm -hmm. and you need to check on the flaps. You need to check various parts of the airplane to ensure that the airplane is safe to fly. And this makes me think that if you really want to use autopilot and depend on it like I do, yeah. you must perform a pre-flight checklist Walk around your Tesla, make sure that your ultrasonic sensors and your cameras are undamaged. They're not covered in mud, snow, ice, or seagull poop. Right. So that's why he did the test. He wanted to make sure that in a place where it's muddy, dirty, wintry, those things can get clogged up and you may be driving and not realize it and hit the right hand, uh, you know, lane change situation. Yep. And that thing will go right on over. So, Stephen, you're doing uh, some big, big work over there. We appreciate it. Daniel Berman uh, is writing us about the Model 3 headliner, and I mm -hmm. actually got a few tweets on this. This was a blowing up in the tweeterscape. Oh, my God. So Tesla has changed the material that's being used in the headliner on the Model 3. It started out as Alcantara, and now it's a woven fabric, but it's also, quote, premium. 
Yeah, it is. It's premium or isn't it? I don't know. So what I'm more concerned about is the issue of knowing what Model 3 reservation holders are buying. The change was unexpected. It's not surprising that some people will be disappointed. I did a little tiny bit of research yesterday. I opened up the Tesla website dot com, uh, clicked on the Model X, did some configuring. And it's hard to 100% be sure, but if you click on any of the premium options, the options that say premium, premium, cream, premium, black, premium, blah, 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 yes, and do look closely, all of those yeah. have Alcantara mm. in the roof and even, on some of the panels. Even today? or Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, I did this yesterday. Okay. And if you don't click on any of those premium things, you can get sort of either that heavy woven fabric that we're seeing in some of the photos, or you can get just regular nylon, which is what, honestly, that was in the S that they gave me as a loaner. And I, that material is fine to me. But again, is it premium? Is it not premium? Just be more clear on it. And then everybody will leave you people alone. Well, maybe the problem is there's a shortage in Alcantara land. But it's a synthetic. Yeah. How could there be a shortage of a synthetic? It's in everything. Well, it is manufactured and marketed by Alcantara SPA. And a lot of people don't even like Alcantara as a premium product. So, you know what? It's not it. the easiest stuff to clean. I like the way it looks, even when it's kind of dirty. It's a little scruffy like me. Yeah. The next letter comes from Paul Boyd, and he says, Tom! With an exclamation point. Yeah. Please, please, please race your wife. I have a 2014 rear race wheel. Race your wife. Yeah, in her in our cars. That would be new. Husband and wife drag race. <laughs> I think I'd beat her. We have a 60. You better be careful saying that. Yeah, you no, know, I think I would a lot win. Of, I think I would, you would win, win a race against my wife. You would in win her. her. No, model wait, you S. can't win her either. God, no, we gotta I stay would politically win correct. a race against, if I were to race my wife's <laughs> uh, 60S, Model S, I think at the moment I would beat her. That model. Beat her? No, you can't say Damn it, that. I did it again. <laughs> Anyways, so he has, Paul has a 2014 rear wheel 85, and he would like to know if the Model 3 is faster. And then he, he kind of insults me a tiny bit. He says, grow a pair yeah. and floor it for five seconds and let us know the results. I think this needs to be a Patreon video. So I did have my wife in the car next to me the other day, and uh -huh. we happened to show up on a street near our house, and it was empty, and I was at a red light. And I looked over at her and I said, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> and that light turned green and I hit the floor and I, oh, that thing was super fast to 60. Yeah, we could set up like some cameras. Faster to 80. I'm not going to lie. Not even faster to 80, but like, man, it goes from 60 to 80 very, very quickly. You are working to take away my reputation and I'm willing to give it to you. Yeah, it's no, fine by fine. me. Mm -hmm. He also says that he was investing in a company that takes lithium mm -hmm. out of chile and he says that the the stock price has gone up since elon went there mm. and had dinner and frolicked on the beach with heather and i looked it up and it turns out that it went from like 50 to 62 mm. in that period of time which yeah. uh pretty impressive this is not a stock recommendation by either one of us please do your due diligence if you're ever going to purchase a stock based on what us two idiots have to say about it but it would be a recommendation to go and enjoy the beaches in chile if yeah, you're oh, stuck that. in new york with like 14 degree I temperatures mean, if you want to take any piece of advice from me go to the beaches in chile <laughs> that's it pat right there. pat hi pat pat reed hi pat see this mm -hmm. new york city sues divests from <sighs> oil firms over climate change 
I did see this article, and I think we even talked about it in the news section a couple of weeks ago, where New York City and state pension funds are divesting or stated that they are going to divest themselves from fossil fuel uh, companies over the next, I think it's 10 years. Yeah, so they are selling $5 billion in their big oil investments from its pension funds. And this is from finance.yahoo.com forward slash news, uh, New York taking steps to divest pension funds. So here's what I'll say about this. I was initially kind of like, oh, that's cool. Good for you, New York uh, State, getting that pension. They have like $189 billion in pension funds. But if you go through and you read the comments, yeah, nobody else really thinks this is a great thing because they they look at New York as being very hypocritical. Is New wow. York is New York doing everything in its power to not use heating oil in its old uh, you know, pre-war buildings that haven't been, you know, updated for the most no. energy efficient Right. So, I mean, when I was in New York, mm-hmm. I spent two weeks there, yeah. stayed in a couple of uh, vintage buildings. One mm-hmm. more, one was built in like 1902, yeah. the other one in the 60s. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I had to, so the, the places are heated with radiators, with hot water. I had to like put windows. Some of them with oil. Put windows open mm-hmm. during the night because I couldn't sleep. It was so hot in the building, but I couldn't adjust right. very much. It was very hard to adjust yeah. the heat. So you're like burning whatever to heat these buildings and then opening windows to let the excess heat out. And people are doing this, I'm certain, all over the city. Yeah. And yes, I agree. They need to, to step it up. They need to put in triple pane windows everywhere, insulate better, get more smart technology to run their heating and cooling systems. Yeah. That takes time. How long does it take for you to take 20 bucks out of the ATM? It takes a while. Four seconds. <laughs> Four seconds. And if, if New York and New York State can divest themselves of fossil fuels mm-hmm. and push that envelope to towards renewables, mm-hmm. go for it, man. It's just another yeah. another chink in the armor. Reinvest in renewables. But I, but I really just bring up that comet thing as a point of, like, there's always going to be two sides to everything. So look at these articles. Look at the comments. Really critically evaluate all of this stuff and really take a big picture look of it. I think it's good for them to divest, but what are they going to reinvest in? Right. Just like you said. Solar. The next letter comes from Jeff Bass or Jeff Bass or Jeff Bass or Jeff Bass Bass. I wonder if this is Jeff Bass that I know, but I don't know this uh, He might very well be because, okay, he says, hey, Mel. Well, Mel's not even here. So he writes a letter to the show, right. but it's really just to Mel. So, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't even read it. Screw All right, it. Let's read it. Listen to your podcast. Seeing your videos on YouTube. Thanks for the insight. He lives in Tarzana. And he has a Model 3 reservation, and he has never been able to see one up close. Uh, welcome to the Guess freaking what? club, brother. Yeah. But uh, so he sent him an email, and he wanted to see Mel's Model 3, and it happened. Mel yeah. made it happen. So Mel hooked up with Jeff, showed him the Model 3. My guess is Jeff ordered it because it's a lovely vehicle. Yeah. So if you're out there and you happen to live in the Los Angeles area and you're on the fence about a Model 3, so apparently Mel. Mel's giving test drives. He's the sales guy in the Western region. Yeah, he's got so much time that he mm-hmm. can't yeah. freaking participate right. in a podcast yeah. for you more than what? five minutes. That's a good point, Robert. But he's he can not go and hang with Jeff and out. a thousand mm-hmm. other people who want to see a Model yeah. 3. What's up with mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Well, 
if you don't get a hold of Mel and Mel blows you off like he blows me off, <laughs> you can go to the Tesla Century City store uh-huh. right now. Right now, this because moment? as of Friday, the 12th of January, they put a Model 3 in there. You can put mm-hmm. your grubby hands on it, touch it, sit in it, adjust it, play with the frunk, feel all of the body panels and everything. You can get frunk A. Get yourself down to the frunken Tesla store in Century City okay. and check it out. In Century City, that's in Los Angeles. It's in California. And look, we're sorry, Tesla Nation. We know this show seems very left coast centric. And we talk about big, giant 40 stall superchargers. They're all here. It's well, what's the news? We're sorry. Model 3 is coming. You're going to get big supercharger stations. You're going to get all kinds of things. Please, East Coasters, if you're on the East Coast, if you're in the Midwest, if you're in the Central, send us some letters. Send us some love. We'll talk about all of your local Tesla stuff. And in four days' time, four, maybe three or two, depending on when the show gets to your ears, mm-hmm. I encourage you to come to uh, Agoura Hills. Also in California. The Tesla Service Center. Mm-hmm. We're on the 18th, January 18th yeah. at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. The Tesla Owners Club Los Angeles will be having their semi-annual mixer mm-hmm. with one Tom Wolfson and Mel Herbert and a blue and a white Model 3. Will you be there too, Robert? Roger that. Oh, so it'll be Tom, Robert, and Melvis. What do you think, honestly, the chances of Mel being at this thing are? 40%. Slim to none. That's what I would say. I twisted his arm today. Oh, that's good. So the next letter comes from Franco Capizzo, and he says a delayed win is better than a loss? And like it. It, it's interesting. His thought process is this. He was recently thinking about Elon Musk, as we do, waxing poetic. And he says he puts out crazy timelines. He doesn't meet them, creates an army of naysayers and stock shorters. But there's a big difference between how Musk operates and how other dreamers operate in that Musk actually delivers, albeit uh, a little bit later. Late. But he's doing it. Not that much later, a little bit later. Allows us to have some fun. A little tiny bit later. Because we, we chide him. He's a big dreamer. Yeah, gives us stuff to talk about. So this is an EV Annex uh, blog post. The Elon Musk moonshot approach, missed deadlines are a good thing. This is from a long time ago, 2015. But still. We're going back into the vault. Still the happening. Tesla vault. It's still happening. And this is interesting. Here's the case in point. The timid promises made by major automakers who announce plans to launch new lines of electric vehicles by 2025 or by politicians who pledge to reduce greenhouse gases by 2050. These goals may be better than nothing, but they're not exciting. Hmm. And that's what Elon's doing. Right. He's exciting us. He's like, look. I'm going to build a car for $35,000 that can drive itself across the country. I'm going to do it in a year. A year! I mean, does he do it in a year? No. Is it $35,000? No. But it's close, and it's a great car. Well, if you're you know used to waiting for other things to happen, like... Uh, people in various factions of the government to mm-hmm. deliver on their promises. Mm-hmm. These things take time. Yeah. Even if you write Santa for what you want for Christmas, right. it takes time. So he makes aggressive timelines, but he seems to have a plan, people. 
I'm going to say one last really positive note that we can end on. I'm going to say one thing before you say one last positive note. Okay. Franco wants to drive in our Model 3s, and he thinks there's a chance in hell that I'm driving to Orange County. <laughs> uh, now that I don't have to drive, it's possible. It oh, could you mean like Maybe. autopilot? Yeah, to he offered County. to buy me and Mel this lunch so he could drive in the Model Threes. Hmm. I mean, uh, lunch at Club Thirty Three in Disneyland. Is that what we're talking about? Ooh, I guess I'd come down for that too. <laughs> I bet you would, but you don't have a Model Three for Franco to drive. So that's true. All right, that's the last letter, Robert. And in closing, I wanted to remind everybody and report that I received a check from Southern California Edison. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you get your electricity from Southern California Edison, there's something called the Clean Fuels Reward Program. And all you have to do is fill out an online form, send a copy of your registration, and they will give you $450 for driving an electric car. I'm not with Southern California Edison, but I want my 450 bucks, Robert. Split it with me. Well, I've... I've got a second one in for the other S now. So, we split that one with me. I'm looking forward to another $450. It's called yeah. Southern California Edison's Clean Fuel Rewards Program. Mm-hmm. Uh, SCECleanFuel.com/login. Go for it. And we're done. That's the show. That is Talking Tesla 121. We had a little Mel. Yeah. A lot of Robert and Tom. Yeah. A little bit of inappropriate language here and there and the other thing. Can't help it. Talked about the Model 3. It's our passion. Check out the Twitter because you never know who you might run into on the old Twitter. Yeah. And uh, thanks again to the patrons. Leave us a iTunes review. iTunes review. Send us an email. Info at TalkingTesla.net. And we shall see you at the beginning of 122. Bye-bye. Out. Talking Tesla is a production of Fully Boo Incorporated. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenblum. Edited by Eliza Jane Barnes. And produced by C.C. Herbert and Mel Herbert. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. To find our referral codes, go to talkingtesla.net forward slash about. And finally, if you love the show, go write us a review on iTunes.